Yo, what's up? It's the Betting Academy. It's Hoops Edition. We should just be calling today's show College Hoops Edition. Man, it's the start of March Madness. Thursday play-ins tonight. I'm with Drew Crookston. Ain't no such thing as halfway Crookston in the house. Yo, <laughs> from, from West Coast Gamblers, we'll get into where you can hear Drew's podcast, um, which just had a beautiful relaunch on the Evergreen Podcast Network for, for, for big college hoops madness. If you want to win a lot of money, you got to go listen to them. Drew, listen, like, I know you're legit and on top of your game and you've you filled out your bracket. You had that shit filled out since Sunday. I'm a procrastinator. I'm probably not even going to get to it until like 3 p.m. Pacific today, right before the play-in, because I get FOMO last minute. So I want you to help me and all the other people out there who are still um, yet to fill out their bracket the best. I want to put together the best bracket for these people. How are we going to uh, you know help everyone win some money, whether that's just in like a bracket pool? And obviously, if they're betting like single games and whatnots um, through their sports books, hopefully they're using FanDuel. So my big question out the gate for you, Drew, is what is the overall bracket strategy? Like, what should it be? Help us out here. Hey, good question, G. First of all, happy March Madness Eve. It kind of yes. feels like Christmas Eve. I wish we were uh, in your in your Vegas territory, hanging out the sports book. Uh, that is, if you haven't experienced before, first of all, do it. Go to March Madness for sorry, go to Vegas for March Madness. It is unlike anything you've ever experienced before. There is nothing like sitting in a sports book, screaming at the top of your lungs on a 24-point spread if some walk-on backup banks in a three-pointer and people act like they just won the Super Bowl. It is incredible. It's awesome. Awesome, Yeah, awesome, and, awesome. and you know you're just like guzzling Miller lights and shots of Patron, you know what I mean? And like you think they're free, but they're not. <laughs> but it's just, that's the vibe, and I miss it so much. And I'm with you. Like outside of New Year's Eve and Super Bowl Sunday, March Madness in Vegas is unlike any other. Yeah, if you're not drinking, you know, $30, six, six packs of Bud Light buckets by the pool, then you're not doing it right. But uh, I digress. So <laughs> listen, G, basic, basic, you know, tournament strategy and brackets is first of all, you got to know the level of, you know, competition you're playing, whether volume wise, if you're, if you're playing against 10, 12 people, of course, you're going to be more drawn to more chalky, you know, picks, the, the one seeds, the two seeds going through. If you're playing like a big national pool, you're trying to get in the top 5% of an ESPN pool, then of course you want to take some more upsets. But a couple of just basic strategies, things that I have for the people here is, you know, take the one and two seeds, put them through. Don't be a hero. You're not impressing anybody, okay? At least in the, at least in the first round, right? Like, correct. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. In the, in the first round, exactly. Just take the one and two seeds, put them through. Obviously, based on years past, a 12 seed always wins at least one game. In fact, three out of the last four years, I believe they've won two or more games. So wow. always put a 12 seed through the first round always put a double-digit seed in your Sweet 16 that ultimately always happens. Now, if you think this year, Gonzaga, the overwhelming number one overall seed undefeated, if you think they're a shoo-in for the Final Four, not so fast. The last six years, the number one overall seed has not even reached the Final Four, and it's been eight years since the number one overall seed won the national championship. So a little buyers beware. But one of my biggest... Wait, and, my I, and, biggest, I, and I feel like Gonzaga is like the LA Clippers of college. They just can't get out. They can't even get to the Western Conference Finals, right? Like, come on, guys. Like, are, are they... Do we think they at least get to the Final Four this year, Gonzaga? Well, I guess I guess I'll get into that. That's one of my one yeah. of my favorite bets. One of my favorite bets of this whole tournament for, right out of the gate is I'm looking at Gonzaga's... I'm looking at Gonzaga's bracket in the West, right? So they have a Creighton team that is not playing their best basketball. They have a Virginia team in Kansas with COVID issues. They're quarantining as we speak. They're not being able to practice. They have an Iowa team that they already beat this year that really needs to play a perfect game to take them down. I'm looking at Gonzaga to win four games to get out of the West and go to the Final Four. To get out of the West and go to the Final Four, their odds are minus 230. Now, we talked last yeah. week, G, about the value of that minus prop bet, right? So you have, you're obviously laying $2.30 to win a dollar. I love this bet. I love this bet. I really think Gonzaga, especially their first three games, is kind of a cakewalk to the Elite Eight. Whoever they play there, whether it be Iowa, Oregon, USC, Kansas, I don't see really any of those teams really being able to take them down unless Gonzaga just lays a complete egg. I don't think they are. I love Gonzaga, the final four, minus 230. Okay. I, in this bracket, like I just have to ask you, because I am eyeballing the number 13 Ohio against the number four Virginia. And that's my upset for, for this, for the West. What do you think? Gee, I, mean, I love I, it. Yeah. Like Virginia's not been playing. I mean, we don't, who, who are they? We, I don't know who they are at this point. Well, listen, the big, I think one of the big, the last time we had this tournament, remember Virginia was cutting down the nets as national champion. 
But you look mm-hmm. at that team. They had three pros on their team. They had DeAndre Hunter. They had Kyle Guy. They had Ty Jerome. This team that Virginia is dealing with you know, in this moment, they don't have any pros. I think they're primed for an upset. You look at that Ohio team, MAC champions, they can absolutely shoot it. Now, this line opened at 10, and the Sharps and the professionals gobbled that line. I hate getting the bad number, but I still had to put in a bet at 7.5. I love Ohio plus 7.5, and and I'm with you, G. I have Ohio moving on in that first round against University of California, Santa Barbara, baby. I have... Yeah, I to take I have Creighton 12, down. Ooh. Yeah, I I have a little twelve. I have a twelve thirteen matchup there in the first round. I like both of those double digit seeds to move on. Wow, that's gonna be that's fun. Here, here's another thing that I look at when I, and I've heard people say that this is the the weakest bracket right of the four the the West. This should be a cakewalk for Gonzaga. Well, well, that remains to be seen. But you've got USC in here. They USC has one of the top players in the country, Mobley, right? He's a pro. We don't know what's going to happen with Wichita Drake tonight, although I don't know how you bet against Drake after he put out the lemon pepper freestyle last week. You like can't. just you got to bet Drake. Yeah, you just got to hit Drake. But I think USC could could I don't know, like USC right here could maybe give Oregon some trouble. I don't know. Can USC take down Iowa if they should meet somewhere in the Sweet 16 perhaps? Well, I think USC might have some trouble against Drake if Drake advances. That's not that's not an advantageous matchup for them. Okay. So this is a this kind of goes back to bracket strategy, right? For example, like I know a lot of people like Kate Cunningham and OK State to potentially be the yeah. giant killer and beat in Illinois in the Sweet 16. However, OK State has a tough matchup in their first round against Liberty. Liberty absolutely shoots the lights out. They're 23 and five on the year, and they are a good, good basketball team. So it's the classic thing like, yes, I think USC, in fact, I have USC in my bracket beating Kansas and playing an Oregon team that I have beating Iowa in the second round. But buyer beware because I think USC and Drake could be an absolute battle. But to answer your question originally, G, absolutely. I think USC can make some noise. Whenever you have a premier player, top five overall pick, I think, you know, we've seen it time and time before. Carmelo Anthony, yeah. Kemba Walker, they, they just take over the tournament. I think this tournament, you know, this, the, the stars can shine. So I do like USC's prospects, but I would very be cautious of that first round game against Drake if Drake advances. Yeah, I mean, so then just just to have some fun, like we, with our own little over-under here, I, I mean, I'm looking at three upsets just in the West, right? Like three first round upsets just in the West. And I don't want to, I don't want to talk about eight, nine as being upsets, right? That's like pick them. That's, that's even money, right? I mean, it's the eight and the nine seed. So if, if Missouri beats Oklahoma, I don't consider that an upset, right? We're talking like, sure. like 11 sixes, 13 fours, 12 fives, right? All right. So we think I, it looks like maybe three. So if you're filling out your brackets, Beware. Let's see what happens with Drake tonight. They could take down USC. I like Ohio over Virginia. You said it's seven and a half. So a lot of people are taking that anyway. Even if Virginia should advance, that matters for your bracket. But the spread, we think um, we think Ohio can cover. And then UC Santa Barbara, LA, let's, let's stand up against number five Creighton. Could be an interesting one. Love it. Love it. Is there any chance Gonzaga loses in the first round? Right out the gate. No. Okay. No. And thank thank you. Thank you for giving me a little soft toss here, G, because I'm going to hit a home run right now. Check this out. We talked about it last week. There's so much value in these in these in these bets that are priced with with a minus in front of them. People get scared, but I have uncovered I, one. I get scared. I, I, I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to say this bet right now and here. And I, I told you, like, if this bet loses, I will, you know, tear my clothes and throw dirt in my eyes and 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 just bury my head in the sand forever and never come out because this will be I I can't come back from this but you you always have that, a mic here you always have a mic here <laughs> there there is there is a prop bet on a online sports book and I am in Michigan and it is uh you know legalized gambling so I want to make this bet so bad I wish we had Perk here cuz maybe he could maybe you know give us a little marker Perk Minus. didn't go to college though. He's not here because he didn't go to college. <laughs> <laughs> Just playing. <laughs> That's but yeah, but we'll get we'll get his my, picks though. We'll call the big my, fella. Minus one thousand. G minus one thousand for a one seed to not lose against a sixteen seed. That's four games. Okay, minus to 1, not lose thousand to not lose. That, that means it's a fourteen parlay. Yeah. which you're getting negative a thousand. Now I know that seems steep. I know that means literally you're betting a thousand dollars to win a hundred bucks. That is free money. I think the wow. reason we see, I, I think the reason this, this line is so low 
is because we saw in 2018, we saw a, a one seed in Virginia get beat. But if you look at that team, that team was all pack line defense, you know, really low possessions. They got cold. They ran into a hot team. They were toast. Obviously, I, before that, there's never been a one team to get beat by 16, a 16 seed. You look right. at the one seeds this year, Baylor, Zaga, Michigan, Illinois, NBA talent all over. I don't think any of those games are within single digits Minus a thousand. I mean, I think Perk, man, he should lay a hundred K to win ten and just, you know, just just oh. just ship it. He's just gonna put fifty thousand on that shit. He's gonna put racks on racks on that. I know he I will. mean, again, if, if if it loses, then I can't come back. But like I think I like and, and we talked about how much money do you need to lay down to make money? I mean, realistically, do you wanna risk a hundred dollars to make ten bucks? Do you wanna risk ten bucks to win a dollar? No. But I I know for a fact the professional gamblers, the ones that do it for a living, the ones that live in the desert. They are loading up on this bet and they are they're spending significant capital because I think this value is unreal. I really do. I don't see any of those one seeds being even within single digits, yeah. let alone a win. And for them just to beat the 16s in the first game, minus a thousand is probably my favorite prop bet of the whole tournament. I mean, like, look, at minus a thousand, like I'd probably be comfortable putting down two grand to win 200, right? Like I'm comfortable with that. To, and I think it, I think we're guaranteed that a number one seed is not going to lose their opener. Are they all going to get to the final four? No, that's a different bet. Are they not going to lose their opener? I don't think any of the four seeds will lose their opener. So if you, but if you, like if you said like you like if you have money, but also how about if you just have money in your bank at the Fanduel account that you've made because you've placed really smart bets on props and on games and and on parlays for the last two or three months, you've got the cash in the bank throw as much of it as you can on this bet, right? Like it's already house money, kind of. Like you've taken this money off of Fandle, give it right back to this bet because they're going to give it right back to you. There's no way a one seed is going to lose an opener. Four, it has to, but it's a four-game parlay. You, it's a parlay, It's a four-game right? parlay. Okay. It's, literally, it's literally Gonzaga versus Northfolk, Appalachian State winner, Michigan versus the Mount and Texas Southern winner. Baylor, Baylor Hartford, Hartford, Illinois, Drexel. I don't, again, I, I just, I don't see, all those games are going to have north of 20 spreads. I mean, I don't see him, again, I don't see him being in single digits. For all the four teams to win, I, the only reason I think we're getting any kind of value on this is because we saw Virginia lose in 2018, and that was a different Virginia team. That team scored like yeah. 50 points that game. They were they, they were ice cold. They couldn't yeah. do anything. I just think that spooked spooked some people, but I, yeah. I, I I just love this prop bet. So just to clarify here, this, you, you're not, we're not, this is, we're not taking the spread. This is, we're picking, we're picking, we're just saying that a number one seed won't lose in the first four games. Gotcha. Correct. Correct. Okay. Minus a thousand, according to to Fandle. If you guys can take that bet and you've got some money in the bank, or you're just filthy rich like Perk, then go ahead and do it. Otherwise, if you're just like the rest of us and you're filling out your bracket, Drew is telling you take Gonzaga, take Baylor, take Michigan, take Illinois at least to advance to the first round. We'll get into what you should do in the second and, and the latter rounds. All right, let's go down to the East because we've got some interesting things brewing here. Obviously, you're a Michigan man, so we know how much you love Juwan Howard and his guys out in Michigan. Is Michigan going to win the whole thing? You know, it's funny. I, I Obviously, Isaiah Livers is one of our best players, a four-year captain from Kalamazoo. I got to rep the KZoo. I'm hey. speaking about 10 minutes where he grew up right Derek now. Jeter's, um, Derek Jeter. Shout out Derek DJ Jeter. DJ, baby. DJ, baby. Um, Greg Jennings as well. Oh, um, so, guy. you know, we... <laughs> I, we need we need Isaiah. We absolutely need Isaiah. Now, um, there's been speculation that he could be back for the second week, and there's no doubt he's going to miss the first two games. So obviously, we know Michigan's going to get past the first game. Stress fracture, second, right? He, it's not a correct. COVID thing. Yeah, okay. Yep, yep, stress fracture. So with their second game, they play the winner of St. Bonaventure LSU. Now, I kind of like, I lean St. Bonnie, and I lean, I lean St. Bonnie in that matchup. Now, if we get St. Bonnie, I think that's a good matchup for us. If we get LSU... We've seen this Will Wade team give teams problems in the tournament. They're athletic. They can run. They're fast. That ma that matchup makes me just a little scary. If Michigan get past the first weekend, and if, that's a big IF, if we can get Isaiah back, I, I think this team is the most underrated team in the tournament because no one, no one, gee, have you heard anyone talk about Michigan coming out of the East or picking a Final Four? No. It's all about Florida State. It's all about Texas. It's all about Bama. I've not heard one one really? expert picked Michigan in the final four, not one. And wow. this team four weeks ago was the best team in the country. Right. They were the best team in the country. Now I know they, you know, that they, they kind of limped to the finish line, but I do think they're being undervalued here. I do believe in them. However, it's tough. You know, the, 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 in, injuries are part of basketball, right? Yep. So without Isaiah, 
it is very tough. I will say they have a junior in 6'8", Brandon Johns from East Lansing that we just poached right from Tom Izzo's backyard, which was amazing. <laughs> and he is a player. He is athletic. And I think this could be his time to shine. We've seen we've seen this in tournaments past when a, like an unheralded player comes off the bench and just shows out. I think this is Brandon Johns Jr. Remember the name. If Michigan does anything this tournament, it's going to be because of him. Well, Michigan's 8-1 to one to win it all. I, I would imagine... That is assuming they get livers back. Who knows? Well, I, right? Yeah, I mean, like I said, like we talked about last week. I wouldn't, I wouldn't, that, I wouldn't necessarily place a future on that. What I would do is the classic mechanical parlay: take the money line, roll over a couple of times, and see where you're at. Got you. Okay, it's good to know. So when I look at this bracket, though, I my heart bleeds for Saint Bonaventure because as one of those mid majors, like we talk about Loyola, I really think Saint Bonaventure is a good team. And I and I, and maybe if they weren't, you know, having to play Michigan, you know, in the second round, or even get past LSU, I would have thought maybe they'd get a lot a lot further. Doesn't look like they will. Florida State, man, I don't know. Obviously, pulling for Georgetown and Patrick Ewing, but it's going to be tough for Michigan because they have the number two seed Alabama right in the bracket. Alabama, the second best three point shooting team, like so. But Alabama, though, let's let's talk about them. If they're lighting it up from three, that's like make or miss, though, right? If they're making them, they're going to beat everybody. And if they're missing them, it's going to be really tough for them. How far do you think Bama can get? You know, I like Bama. Um, they they obviously are a are, are red-hot team. I like their coach, Nate Oates, another Michigan boy. Um, I think, again, like it's just amazing. When you look at the tournament, you actually break it down. I mean, their second-round matchup, pending they get UConn. I, I don't think they'll have any problem with Maryland. But that UConn team is tough. You know, and a lot of and a lot of people's sleeper pick, right? UConn. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's it's, co- it's coached by uh, Danny Hurley, a great a great coach, really fiery coach, and they are a tough team. And then you look at Texas, the Big Twelve champs, with Shaka Smart, who I think Shaka Smart, much like their football coach in in in, in Herman, was complete, just complete under like he was so underrated throughout the first five years of his tenure, and all of a sudden out of nowhere, he comes out of nowhere and really has a good team this year. Been very impressed with Texas. Yeah. So I, I, you know, I think Bama does have a tougher march to the uh, to the regional final than most with having to play potentially UConn in the second round and potentially Texas in the Sweet Sixteen. However, yeah. Bama's playing as good as anybody. And you talked about Florida State. I want to talk about Florida State real quick. Okay. So Florida State is huge. Okay. They have eight guys. They have sorry. They have ten guys on their team that average between four and twelve points. What that tells me is their depth is impeccable. And this is something I want to key on. They play UNC Greensboro. Now, gee, you played college ball. Imagine yeah. playing. Uh, imagine playing teams within your conference, guarding players similar to your size, your speed, and all of a sudden you show up to the NCAA tournament and you're guarding Sue Bird, or you have to play against Diana Taurasi. I think this UNC Greensboro team is going to get run over in the first round just by a simple athletic mismatch. I have Florida State minus 10. It's one of my best bets of the first round. I love Florida State to win by double digits. I think Leonard Hamilton, Leonard Hamilton teams is physical. They're very, very big, and I think they run UNC Greensboro out of the gym. Um, very, so very big, my, like like tall. Like USC is the tallest team in the field. The, Florida State's up there. Like they're tall. Everybody's what six eight, six nine across the board. They're they're huge. And remember, a couple of years ago when John Morant sent the world on fire yeah. as a as a as a twelve seed, I believe at Murray State, they won that first game, and he was just dunking on people and going crazy. Solidified himself as the number two pick right there behind Zion. People don't remember they played that they played Florida State in that second round, and Florida State ran them out of the gym. Okay, Florida State just has depth across the board athletically, and that's why I really like him in this first round to cover the 10. And I want to talk about Georgetown. I think we got to be really, really careful here with Georgetown. This isn't some team that, you know, like was good all year and just were kind of just missing a link. They really got hot at the right time. Now, I know Patrick Ewing is a good story. I know he got, you know, ID'd at Madison Square Garden. People made a big deal about that, and, and, and that was all good and well. But Dolan. It, it's, it's just Dolan, yeah, dude, over yeah, and over. exactly. Exactly. I mean, him and Charles Oakley, you know, are going to get, you know, some, some nosebleed seats hopefully one day. (laughs) Um, But I, you know, I I look at this Georgetown team and look at their body of work and, you know, I don't, I I think this, I think the slipper might uh, shatter very early for this team. I I just don't, I don't see how they can keep up the level of play uh, that they did in the Big East tournament. You know, Colorado comes from the Pac-12. They're a pretty good team. But I would just be very wary of just putting Georgetown through in that first round. I think I think we're getting them. Um, I think they're a little bit overrated here. So yeah, I mean, when I look at this, the East, it, it, this is the toughest. This is the toughest 
bracket here. I mean, this is the toughest division here. Um, everyone is saying maybe there's just one upset then. Maybe we're just talking about Colorado over Georgetown. I don't, I don't see anything else that like. Well, that's spoke. not an upset. Connect but remember, Connecticut, Colorado's Maryland, a five seed. Yep, yep. And I think I think that's gonna be a good a, a good oh, game too. Oh, no, I, oh, yeah. You're saying right. You're saying take Colorado over Georgetown. Right. Not an upset. But Connecticut over Maryland, UConn is a sleeper. A lot of people probably taking that the seven over the ten. Right, and, and you know, listen, Maryland comes from the Big Ten, right? Now they had a losing record in the Big Ten. Now, typically, if you you find a team in the tournament that has a losing record in conference play, they traditionally have not done well in the first round. But I do think I'm partial to it because I'm in Big Ten country. I do think the Big Ten is the best conference in college basketball. So you're going to get, you know, UConn Maryland's a three point spread, but you're going to get a Maryland team that has played top level competition versus UConn coming from the AAC. Also, BYU, they're a six seed. They're playing the winner of Michigan State UCLA. I kind of like, I kind of like either team. I like either winner of Michigan State UCLA to potentially slip up the Brigham Young Cougars. Um, yeah. In fact, UCLA is a great matchup for them. I kind of lean Michigan State tonight over UCLA, but if UCLA does advance, I kind of like them over BYU. Should be very interesting. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna dive into that because we got a big uh, play in tonight and a lot of fun. FanDuel is having a lot of fun with a with a special promotion called Spread the Love. We'll talk about that. I know you put some money on it. All right, so then look, I think Saint Bonaventure. If if I'm picking an upset, I guess a nine over eight. I'm gonna take Bonnie over LSU. I just am. And then I, yeah, I would take Connecticut over Maryland. Let's talk about Michigan, Sparta, UCLA. But before we do that, you said something that I have to talk to you about. You don't think I could score one point on Sue Bird or Diana Taurasi? Like one point. I take it to the hole. I get hacked. I can, I'm better than a 50% free throw shooter. I could put one point on either one of those two. Would you take that bet? Me scoring one on DT or Sue? Back up the brink struck on that, G. I, <laughs> I, I, I bet, bet. Back up the brink struck, of course. <laughs> I'm just saying, I'm just saying, look, we've all played pickup basketball in our yeah. day. When we get on a court and we're like, whoa, that person's better than me. Now yes. imagine doing that five times. So I think these small schools, I, I, I feel the same thing about uh, an, another big number I'm going to lay. I feel the same thing about Cleveland State playing against Houston. Houston is just a bully. They, if, if, if they will strangle you and kick you and choke you, and they are they, they will put a number on you. So I look at this 20-point spread for Cleveland State. They don't have the athletes across the board. Right. Again, I'm not, I'm not gonna get, I'm not gonna, you know, have an elevator in my house by laying minus 20, but right. at the same time, I like Houston minus 20 over Cleveland State just from a matchup of just pure athleticism and talent. But going back to UG, you'd put up some points on Sue Bird, no doubt. Nah, I mean, yeah, I don't think I could score on D, but like I might, I might be able to like body Sue down a little bit. She's strong, but I'm bigger. Like, we'll see. I, I could get one. I could probably get her to foul me. She's a wily vet though. She, she probably just deflect the ball right out of my hands. But anyway, I digress. Let's get back to college. Le okay. So let's talk about spread the love, this big FanDuel promotion tonight. Um, it's, it's big in your home state of Michigan, right? I know you, you put some money on it. They're, they're talking about moving the line, you know, 2,500 people or so betting on Michigan state, that line moves by one or whatever. It's kind of crazy. Like, I think people have been taking advantage of this promotion you like Michigan State or or where I mean, where'd you put your money, right? Michigan State. I think most people I think most people are taking Michigan State because to the eye test and and to the history of the program and Tom Izzo, they just think that Michigan State wins this game. But it's basically even I mean, it's basically a pick 'em. What is this spread now? Two, I want to say I'll look it up for sure. I think it's, I, I think it's two and a hook. Michigan yeah. State's two and a hook. Yeah. Right. So I mean, like that's that's tough. Like that's basically we're even here. Like who wins? Well, here's the thing, G. You don't have to worry about it with that beautiful, the, the beauty of the FanDuel promotion. You can get Michigan State at plus over 100 for a max bet of $50. That's free money. Just take it. Just take it because it's spread the love. So I technically have Michigan State at plus 115 and a half. Now, I can't, I can't be sure that's going to hit, but I'm pretty sure Michigan State is not going not, not to get beat by 116. If we're talking about the traditional right. spread here, listen, we all know I'm a Michigan man. Izzo's not my favorite guy, but they call him Mr. March for a reason. I think State has a fight in them that UCLA doesn't have. You saw Mick, Mick Cronin's squad kind of limp to the finish line. I just am curious if UCLA gets punched in the mouth, if they're going to respond. Um, Michigan State has been very, very grossly inconsistent all year. They scored 37 points against Rutgers. Think about that. Mm. So... This is a really, really tough game for me to handicap. I'm probably going to stay away from it. But if I had to choose one side, I got to give the benefit of the doubt to the Izzo-led Spartans, Aaron Henry, Rocket Watts. I think they got some better players. And I think they're just tougher than UCLA. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and Bill Walton and John Wooden aren't walking through that door. So, you know. No. Either no, is, neither is, is Kevin Love or Russell Westbrook. 
or Baron Davis or Cameron Dollar, but either is Magic Johnson, you know? So we'll see what happens. That, <laughs> that's true. That's true. <laughs> I like it. I like it. All right, man, I was going to say something else about this game and I, it's escaped me, but I will, I, I will think of it because that's how my brain works. Okay, that's the East. This that's a tough bracket. This is this is a really tough bracket. This is the most wide open bracket of of, of like I, I literally think I'm looking. I can see obviously I can see Michigan getting to the final four. I can see Florida State. I can see Bama. I can see Texas. But you know, in, in a weird in, in a strange world, I can see UConn making a run. Mm. Um, you know, I, I can see I can see the winner of the LSU St. Bonnie game if they beat Michigan. I can see them win another game. So completely wide open bracket here. All right, let's just let's just I think so. We have what three, maybe four, and we're halfway through in upsets. Over under how many first round upsets? Uh, eight. Well, let me see. So that and now we're just now we're doing that based on seed, correct? Just, yeah, just, yeah, exactly. One. I mean, I'll just count them down. One, two. So you said eight, huh? Yeah, I think that's a good number because I, I think we're com- we have like four or five halfway through. So I think eight's probably a good number to set our our total at. Okay, I like that. I have literally. Ooh. With with the eight nines, you're not going to believe this. I have eight on the number. <laughs> Push. So, I mean, that's that's a pretty good line, G. You should be a handicapper. Ah, uh, well, <laughs> I'm coming for your job, Michael Sicoli. Um, <laughs> all right, you went with Houston. Uh, you like the Houston-Cleveland State game. So let's go over to the Midwest and talk about that. This is this is where Illinois lies. You talked about Oklahoma State and Cade Cunningham being the best player in the in the in the nation. Everyone that I've heard is picking Illinois. So if you uh, have procrastinated and you're at home and you haven't mo- watched much college basketball this year because of COVID or because you're sick of the NCAA for exploiting student athletes or whatever it is, take Illinois to win it all. Is that a good bet? You know, right now, again, it's funny you because I did fill out one Sunday, but I also am a procrastinator. So I don't get into all my pools and finalize my brackets till tonight. And I'm going back and forth. Right now, I do have Illinois. Uh, on my last line as a national championship, national champion to be crowned on April fifth in Indianapolis. Um, listen, they are tough to beat. They are just—they got two studs, and I think they're hungry. I like their roster. They are very, very, very good. Um, Gonzaga is great too. And like, if there's anything we know about March Madness, it's expect the unexpected. So the odds that Zaga and Illinois roll through five games and meet each other in the final very well could happen. But history says it probably won't. One of those teams might slip up. Like I said, Illinois, I think their Sweet 16 matchup potentially with Oklahoma State could be very, very dangerous. But again, Oklahoma State's going to have a hell of a time getting past Liberty in the first round. Yep. I think Tennessee could. I think Tennessee could make some noise too. So right now, I'm going to say Illinois is my champion. Um, ask me in six hours; it might change. But I, <laughs> I, 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 I do like I do like Illinois coming out of this coming out of this region, in the Midwest. Well, that's why it's fun. Like to like, as you say, you and I want you to like expand on this a little bit because you talk about like, look, and I can spit these out all day. Uh, Illinois six to one to win it all. The Zags are two to one as as the overwhelming favorite. We talked about Michigan being eight to one. These are future Baylor Baylor six to one. These according to Fanda, we talk about futures. Probably not the bet you want to take. Tell me a little bit more about taking the team you like, whether that's the Zags, Michigan, Baylor, Illinois, Ohio State, Bama, whatever it is, and rolling that, you're taking the money line and rolling that over round around. Let's like dig in a little more on that. I want to know more. Well, a perfect example is Georgetown just won the uh, Big East tournament, right? Now, pre-flop, when I say pre-flop, that's just a term for betting the, betting the team before the tournament starts. So right. they were 60 to one to win the Big East tournament. Um now that's obviously six to one of your money. You bet a hundred bucks, you get six hundred back. Or sorry, you win six hundred, you get seven hundred back, vice versa. However, if you were to take that money line on Georgetown, say they're basically a pick them in the first game, you bet a hundred dollars, you take the money line, you win, you roll it over, take your profit, you roll it over the semifinalist game. By the time they got to the final game against Creighton, if you had rolled that over on that money line for four straight games, your profit would have been a little over eighty to one. So I think I think in the in the futures market, I think the big bad bookie, I think it charges an insane amount of vigorish on these future bets. So like I said, if you like a team, if you like a team, it just and it, plus it just gives you some sense of insurance, right? It gives you a little bit of security. Right. If, if if you're rolling over the money line, and I know like the typical rollover, you gotta let it ride, so to speak. But yep. you know, if you want to put a load in your pocket and save it for a rainy day or make another bet, go ahead. I just think that futures ticket is so drastic because, you know, as soon as yeah. they lose, light that ticket on fire and flush it down the toilet. It's done. 
you got to press like double or nothing. Like when I hit black 11 at the roulette table, uh, you know, at the Cosmo double up, let's go. Like if I have two nickels on it, like add two more, you know what I mean? Like let's win a lot of money. I like four chips stacked on the numbers I like. And if I win double that shit. All right. So that's basically what we're talking about here. We'll talk a little bit more. Let's, One let's, first round matchup here G, yeah, that I like. I was going to say, let's do that. The, the, in the Midwest, and this is, again, there's no reason, there's no rhyme or reason for this, but Syracuse and Jim Beheim are always a pain in the ass. Yeah. They just are. They play that zone. Listen, I love San Diego State and Brian Dutcher. He was an uh, assistant coach during my time as a kid, just going crazy for the Fab Five. Had the assistant coach with Steve Fisher, C Webb, Jam and Jawan, JR, Jimmy King, Ray Jackson. So I love Dutch. I think he's a great coach. Bla- but, all black socks and baggy shorts. Oh, uh, the best, man. The best. I had a, I had a, I had a mural in my room. But got the got the got, think, the got the far, far, the barber line through the, the yeah. fade. Oh yeah. Fade that. Yep. Oh yeah. But Syracuse getting three points here in the first round. I don't I don't see how you can take anybody but Syracuse there, just based on their just based on their first round. Um first round experience. And I kind of feel the same way about North Carolina. I know we haven't talked about the South yet, but North, North, North Carolina playing in Wisconsin, Roy Williams never lost a first round game. Unbelievable. Never lost a first round game. So I think I, another bracket strategy. I think if you're kind of, if you're in a coin flip situation of teams that have a spread, let's say between, you know, zero and four points, I always kind of lean towards a veteran coach just because they've done it before. They've been there. They've done that. So I'm probably going to sprinkle something on Syracuse and North Carolina to get past the first round. I love that. North Carolina's got a tough matchup against Wisconsin. The Badgers are always tough. Like they slow the game down. They're big old oaky, you know, farm boys, corn fed. Like oh, they, yeah. they just they just stop offensive excellence. And and I don't know. I just I hate watching Wisconsin games. But I don't know. You're saying take North Carolina. Listen, speaking of North Carolina, Duke's not in this tournament. Like Duke is not here. So all the North Carolina fans are super happy that Duke has not made it in the tournament. This is the first uh, time Duke hasn't been in the tournament since I think since I've been alive. Probably I'm mean, gonna have to. I'd have to really look that up. But it's been forever. It well, I think they missed it in '95 when Coach K had like back surgery or something. So they didn't. He wasn't coaching, but they like it, they don't. You know, people at Duke don't count that year, and I'm sure. sure they won't count this year, of course, G, because Coach COVID. K wanted to take a break and COVID, so they probably won't count it. But yeah. for all intents and purposes, between me and you, they're out. Let's go Tar Heels. Did you know that the tar, the tar Heels mascot is a ram and his name is Ramses? That's real cute. I'm t- I'm going North Carolina. Let's go Ramses over it. Badgers. Ramses over Badgers. Um, let's, you know what? I was talking to my dad who watches a ton of college basketball and doesn't watch as much NBA. And I'm always like, dad, come on, dude. But he loves the college game. We're Italian last name parody. So my dad was like, Hey, you're in this betting thing now. Is there a bet like a nationality prop? Like there is in golf where I can take an Italian coach to win it all. Like, you know, the Izzo's, the Calipari's, the Patino's of the, of the day. So my dad would lose this bet this year because Patino's a 15 seed. Izzo is a play in, um, and we no Calipari. Am I am I not am I wrong here? There's no no no, you, no nope, Kentucky. Nope. Kentucky's out. And I'm not there's other there's other Italian coaches, but you know, those are like the those are like the Italian names. Calipari, Patino, Izzo. Anyway, that's just something stupid that my me and my dad talk about. And I wish <laughs> I wish there was a bet in Vegas that we could put some money on there. It'd be a terrible bet to take, but it'd be fun. I love it. I love it. All right, let's move on. You okay. Midwest, look, Illinois is here. You like Houston. You like Syracuse with the upset, but maybe not really an upset over number six, San Diego State. Look, everyone's talking about Loyola, right? As Loyola's like this yep. a tough team. They're a good team. They're an eight seed. They got to play Georgia Tech that probably got here because of Duke's absence, right? So what do we think about that matchup? Well, it's funny because I was uh, on the West Coast Gamblers last night recording our attorney show. And as we were talking about it, me and a co-host, Mr. Dangles, we liked Georgia Tech. We saw the line go up to four and a half and we thought that was peculiar. Now, as we ended the show, we got breaking news. One second. Yes, we got breaking news that Georgia Tech, unfortunately, had a member of their traveling party test positive yeah. for the coronavirus. Now, we didn't know if this was that's, But that's Duke's fault. No, that's Duke's fault. Yeah, so Moses Wright, the ACC Player of the Year, he is going to miss the game tomorrow, which wow. is just devastating news. I can't imagine. I can't imagine being a player and not being able to play uh, in this tournament. So that spread has climbed to five and a half. Now, if it gets up to six, I might sprinkle something on Georgia Tech regardless. Wow. Loyola, look, I mean, they were the tournament darlings a couple years back. 
Sister Jean, you know, she's yep. fully vaccinated. She's going to be, she's going to be there. She's going to be there. Sister Jean will be present. So, um, you know, I, th- this is a really, it's a really intriguing, it's a really intriguing first round matchup. Now, maybe I'm biased because I like Illinois to go all the way to the finals. I think, you know, I, I, I think if Loyola were to advance past Georgia Tech, I think their run ends in, uh, very aggressive fashion to Illinois. I don't think, I don't think Illinois can, sorry, I don't think Loyola can hang with Illinois at all. So I think this maximum, you're looking at one game for, for Chicago, but I would love Georgia tech if if Moses was playing, unfortunately is not. So that's going to be a stay away for me. Look, everyone says Gonzaga has the easiest, easiest path. I actually think the Midwest is set up nicely for Illinois. I actually think like this is a fairly easy path. I think we'll see Gonzaga and Illinois meet. Uh, in the national championship game in Indy on April 5. And all, by the well, way, all, all these games are in Indy, folks. We're in a bubble. I think one of the best, the best, you know, I always look at the bracket and I always look at potential matchups that if, if you know, if, if things played out the right way, you'd get the matchup. I think one of the best matchup in the whole tournament is the Sweet 16 potential matchup between Illinois and Oklahoma State. Not only mm-hmm. do you have the number one overall pick in Kate Cunningham going against uh, Coburn and Monsu, Batman. Yeah. But you got Brad Underwood, the coach for Illinois, playing against his old school in Oklahoma State. I think that would be a can't-miss matchup. It won't be the games of the tournament. But like I said, I think Oklahoma State's going to have all they want with the Liberty Flames. Liberty is good. They can absolutely shoot it. And Cade Cunningham is kind of a one-man show. So that's yeah. going to be a very, very interesting first-round game. Um, Liberty but if, getting, but if Oklahoma think, State gets there in the Sweet 16, right? Oh, to, against be, against Illinois, are, would you are you taking like we have to see what the line is, but or whatever like you, are you going to put some money on that game depending on what it is? I don't know what it will be at this time, but like, or do you stay away from that game because it's just so intense, right? Yeah, so I mean th- that's another thing to talk about quickly. G is like so it's you really have to separate if you're in bracket pools or survivor pools or whatever. That's all good and well. You have a little buy in, big buy in, whatever. You're going to go put your brackets in, but it's very important to look at these games when you're betting them individually from the spread per from the spread perspective to stay focused on that individual game. It's very dangerous to be like, Hey, I have Illinois in the finals. I'm going to take a minus six against Oklahoma state when that's probably not the best pick, Right. you know? So you kind of got to separate your bracket strategy from your individual betting strategy. Yeah, no, absolutely. And you got to do both at this point, because like you said, you have, um, an end game with the bracket. It, it doesn't pay off till April 5th, but you have so many little payoffs that could happen between now and then that make this so much fun along the way. If you get on your favorite sports book, hopefully that's Fandle and you make some picks. All right, let's, let's finish it out right in the South. Baylor, here's another hot topic and maybe something you can place some money on as a prop. Does the Big Ten um, uh, produce our champion or does the Big 12 this year? That is a question that is, uh, it's, it's, it's a great question. You got, you got the Big 12, you got Baylor, Texas, uh, Oklahoma State, Kansas. You got the Big 10, obviously, Illinois, Michigan, Ohio State, Iowa. Um, I personally have two teams, uh, like literally I had Texas, Baylor, my final four to start, and then Illinois, and now I kind of flipped to, to Michigan and Illinois. Might throw in an Arkansas in there from the SEC. So I, I, again, I am, I am partial. I'm not objective. I am from Big Ten country. I'm Big <laughs> Ten born and bred. So I'm going to say I'm always going to lean Big Ten, not only this year, but most years. But I do think truly this year, the body of work for the Big Ten, I think, is the premier conference. And this is something no one's talking about. Listen, the Big Ten schools, they played in Lucas, they played in Lucas Oil Fieldhouse. Yeah. They played at Mackey Arena. They played at Assembly Hall. I think, I think this could be a, a big advantage because of this bubble-type atmosphere for the Big Ten schools just from a notoriety standpoint, they've played in these gyms before. A lot of these teams haven't played in these gyms. So the Big Ten teams do have a level of comfort, I think, that trumps the Big 12 schools. It's like in Hoosiers, you know, coach comes out with the tape measure and he lets them know that it's 10 feet and that the free throw <laughs> line is like, yeah, like you're right. Gym familiarity, like, or, or, or the other, or the other, uh, the opposite. It, it could be a little daunting if you haven't played there. Okay. So Ohio state though, is kind of a sexy pick, right? Everyone's kind of talking mm-hmm. about Ohio state. Have they sort of like limped into the play? I mean, I, I guess with Ohio state, cause they've, they've lost a couple, they've won a couple, they've been on some, they've been pretty streaky. What Ohio state or team are we getting? We think to start this tournament. Well, I think they play one of the most entertaining games the fr- first round against Oral Roberts, and I actually have a pick on this game. I love, 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 love. Like it, love it, gotta have it. Coldstone Creamery over here from Schaefer the Sharp. I love Ohio State, Oral Roberts over 157. Oral Roberts can't stop anybody, but they can shoot. Ohio State can run up and down the floor. 
They dropped an 80-plus burger against Michigan. I don't see any reason why they can't put up maybe even triple digits against Oral Roberts, but I like Oral Roberts to hang. So nice. I love, love, love this over. I think it's going to be one of my most favorite games to watch in the first round. Nice. And then you mentioned North Carolina, Wisconsin. If you're taking a bet there, what do you like? I like UNC. I, I, I like UNC to advance there. Um, you know, Wisconsin, it, it's a classic. It's a classic. You know, Wisconsin has uh, decent guards and UNC is inexperienced in their backcourt. I think they start two freshmen. But UNC has a much, much better front court. And again, I just like Roy Williams. I mean, he hasn't lost yeah. in the first round. Johnny Beeline, the old coach of Michigan. There's some coaches that they just don't lose in the first round. It's a skill. I think they get, they get their teams ready to play. I think North Carolina, after... You know, the last time we saw him when um, Paul Anthony came to North Carolina, they they had they were like a top fifteen preseason team. They took an absolute dump, missed a tournament. Last yeah. year we didn't have one because of COVID. I think this year Carolina is going to be at least looking to win that first game. And Carolina is a team that I think could give Baylor. I think they could give Baylor all they want in the second round. I really do. That's I do want to talk about. I do want to talk about one game here because I think it's know, the game that I want to talk about. Let's see if it is. Okay, so we're going to go to Winthrop and Villanova now. I have heard, I've listened to countless podcasts. I've heard so many people talk about this game and I've not heard one, count them. I've not heard one person talk about Villanova or pick Villanova. This is only a team that's won two national championships in the last six years. I know they lost their starting point guard, but Winthrop, listen, again, 23 and one, they're a great basketball team. Could they win this game? Sure. But again, we're talking about Villanova. You know, I, your dad's going to be a J... Your dad's gotta be a Jay Wright fan. Well, the, I was the, I was just the, gonna say I was gonna say, just gonna say it. My dad asked me all the time when he looks at Jay Wright, he goes, "He's got to be Italian." I'm like, "Dad, it's I don't know, and who cares?" Anyway, continue on. I I just think we got to be very very careful here. I I was guilty to put Winthrop through the first line here uh, when the brackets came out, but I just think we got to be very very careful because listen, if 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 we all know that no one's picking Villanova, then trust me. They all know that no one's picking Villanova. I think yeah. Jay Wright has his team ready to go. This might be a dogfight. I might like Winthrop with the points, but I would just be very, very careful in just assuming Winthrop's going to just prance past Villanova here. So, I mean, if we're looking at the 12-5 matchups, because those are the ones people like to pick for their upsets. That seems to be like a comfort zone, security blanket, like thumb sucker. 12-5 Winthrop-Villanova, 12-5 UC Santa Barbara-Creighton. Those could happen. Uh, if you look down in the east and the Midwest, uh, Colorado, Georgetown, not sold. You think Colorado comes out with that victory? Um, yep. And in the Midwest, Oregon State, is that? Yeah, Tennessee is going to wax Oregon State. So, But we could get two out of the four, 12 over five seeds. Yeah, no, I, I think that's absolutely realistic. Absolutely. Okay, awesome. Okay, the game that I was wanting to talk about, I, I want to know if you have an opinion, if you're if you're laying anything down. Utah State, Texas Tech. I've heard a lot of people pick this as like their their upset in the first round. Everyone thinks Utah State is going to beat Texas Tech. Do you have an opinion? Would you put money on it? I like I like Utah State with the points, absolutely. Plus four. I, I I probably will sprinkle something on the money line. That is also one of those picks that's just it's just popular, right? You don't hear anyone talk about Texas Tech. Again, this is Chris Beard. Chris Beard Chris Beard had this team in the national championship, you know, two, three years ago. So I like the coach. Uh, I like the coach for Utah State. What I like most in this game, this is going to be one of my favorite total plays. I just gave you an over for Ohio State Earl Roberts. I really, really like the under here in Texas Tech, Utah State. I think I got it at 132. I think the size of both these teams and the pace of both these teams, I think it's going to be points are going to be tough to come by. I really like the under here at 132. That's going to be my best bet for this game. I love it. Dude, we just waxed that bra the bracket. Like we waxed it. Like I'm in a position now where I can pick this out. It's gonna get tricky, everyone in the Sweet 16 and the in the Elite Eight. Of course, like that's that's you know, that's that's why not everyone can do it. It's hard, just like uh Jimmy Dugan said in a league of their own about baseball, right? But if you <sighs> your your final four right now, that could change in six hours, like you said, your final four right now is I'm gonna take Zaga, Michigan, Arkansas, Illinois. Wow. Arkansas, I don't. I don't think a lot of people are. are Suey. I, yeah, I don't think a lot of people are picking Arkansas to come out of the South. But why not? They're a three three seed. You also said you like Texas out of the East, and you were flip flopping a little bit there. Um, only one team, uh, what in the eighties was the Indiana has 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 run the table in college basketball, right? In the I yeah. don't know if that's in the modern era or or all, of all time. I think it's of all time. Gonzaga goes in uh, to at 26 and 0. They're like the fifth team to go in undefeated. It's really, really hard to run the table. Again, only one team has done it in the history of college basketball. <sighs> I'm taking the field. hundred. There's no, I mean, 
I I might hedge a little bit and put some money on Gonzaga just for fun, but I would take the field. I've seen, you know, some of those odds at like minus 250, like it's overwhelming that the field takes this. So you got to put a bunch of money up. But even if you put like 500 on a, on a minus 250, uh, or sorry, yeah, minus 250, you could you can come away with 200 bucks, as you said, and that's like a nice steak dinner somewhere, right? That's pretty good. And I, you know, I don't, I don't dislike that bet at all, G. Like I said, my bet on Gonzaga is for them to come out of the West. I do like that bet a lot. Um, and it should be a great tournament. I think the East is wide open. Arkansas, you know, I, I really like Musselman. I think Moses Moody's a stud. They have a great combination of, of great skill players and great transfers there. So I do like Arkansas and, and mostly because I think Baylor, I think Baylor is going to be the first one seed to go down. I really do. I think, I, I, and, and I wanted to talk about one prop here. Yeah. I do like them. I, I do like them to be probably the first one seed to go down. However, the great thing about March Madness and these online sports books is sometimes you can get alternate spreads. Now, again, those typically can be sucker bets, but I found an alternate spread that I love and I really am going to play. The Baylor Bears, I think, are going to destroy Hartford. I don't mean they're going to beat them. I don't mean they're going to cover. I think they are going to destroy Hartford. And this, by destroy, I think they're going to win by north of 30 points. You can play an alternate spread on Baylor, which I did, at minus 29 and a half. So Baylor's got to win by 30, and you can get that price at all the way up to plus 143. Hmm. So I really like that alternate spread for the Baylor Bears. I love them to wax Hartford. I think it's of all the 116 seeds, I think I think Baylor has the most to just because they haven't been, you gotta remember, they haven't they, they came into this tournament limping. They're not playing well. Yeah. I think a lot of these like Gonzaga, who's in great form, Illinois, Illinois, who's in great form, if they're up 20 at halftime, I think you'll see them. That's what you really got to be careful for live bets and totals in the second half of these big yeah. 116 games. Because so many times you'll see a team just kind of sit on the ball, milk it. They're not trying to give too much away for the next right. round because they know they're getting scouted. But I think Baylor is going to run the, f- I, I, I think they could win by 40. So I love getting 29 and a half at plus 143. Another bet I love in this. But wait a minute, to, real- to go to that, like you guys listen to Drew and also listen to Vegas. Plus 143, it's almost even odds that they that Baylor will win by 30 points. Like Vegas knows their shit. Like th- there's a reason that it's set at that number. Just like when I picked the over under for upsets at eight. Like I know we know our shit. No, I'm just fine. So <laughs> Baylor's probably going to win by 30. That's a good bet to take. It's basically even money, right? Baylor's the team though that you said could be the first number one seed to go down. So like, what a crazy dichotomy. They're going to come out of the gates. They're going to kill Hartford, and then maybe they lose in the Sweet 16, which is tough. Like you said, they limped in. They they dealt with COVID at a different time, and they yeah. they were the be- they were the best team in the country. And then they sort of had to shut it down. So we'll see what happens there with Baylor. But you had another bet. Go on. Sorry, I interrupted you. Yeah, no, I you know, and again, I'm a little skeptical of this because I was on last week. I gave the North Texas bet out, which was a fat loser. But I really like I, I again in the seven halves that I didn't bet since North Texas covered that first half over and made 14 threes. That North Texas team can't score. I'm confident they cannot score. Yeah. So when I look at Purdue, I look at North Texas Purdue, I see a total of 126 and a half. And I really, I, I just, I just, again, I'm, I'm a little gun shy just because of the last bet that we made on North Texas. That was a big loser. Yeah. But I really like this. That was here. what was that? I, North North Texas, Middle Tennessee, you and Mid- Middle Tennessee State. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Which is, they, they combined for 14 threes, and then the seven halves. After they played, they didn't combine for over 59 points. It was unbelievable. That's, that's what but, we call a snatchback. That's when James <laughs> Harden That's when James Harden crosses Wesley Johnson up, looks at him on the floor, smiles, winks, hits the three and that's a snatchback. It's a bad beat. Sucks. It, it, well, it's it, it was it was just the re- it was bad timing is what it was. Yeah. But um I, I really lean, I really lean the under, and I gotta lean Purdue here at seven and a half. I just don't think North Texas has the firepower. Uh Matt Painter is a great coach. In fact, I have a prop. Purdue to make the Sweet 16, that obviously they have to win two games. That's even money. That's one of my favorite props of the tournament. Purdue to make Sweet 16 is at plus 100. I love that bet. Because they can beat North Texas and then they can beat Villanova or Winthrop. That's two wins right there. That seems like a, yep. a very good bet to take. And that, this is that's so much fun. one of my fun. favorites. There's so many, there's, there's so many fun. Th- Listen, can Iowa come out of the West? You know, Iowa's tricky. I think Iowa, I think the book on Iowa is simple now. If you can play Luka Garza and not double him, Iowa is, is very, very, I, want, I don't want to say average. They're above beatable. average still, yeah. but very beatable. Absolutely. You saw when Michigan put Hunter Dickinson on him. You saw when Illinois put Coburn on him. The, 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 what makes Iowa good is when people have to double on Garza 
and he's so good at finding that open open guy in the perimeter and they swing the ball great and get some open looks at threes. I would be very weary. I would be very weary betting Iowa far because I like I like Oregon against them in the second round. Okay. If Oregon can get past VCU, I think that's a really tough matchup for Iowa. Not to say, and then again, if they're if Oregon advances, sorry, if Iowa advances, then then they're playing. They're looking at a Kansas or USC. I think Iowa's got a very very difficult road. I would not. I don't like them to uh, to make a deep run. All right. I mean, we broke that shit down. Um, take like a super quick break. Come back. I have like three NBA questions for you. Then we'll get out of here. We'll be right back, you guys. It's the Betting Academy Hoops Edition. It's the start of March Madness, and there's always that one team that ruins your bracket. That's why this year I'm betting the tournament on FanDuel Sportsbook. It's America's number one sportsbook. Because on FanDuel, your first bet is risk-free. It doesn't matter if you're betting Michigan or Michigan State. New users get up to $1,000 in site credit back if your first bet doesn't win. That's amazing. FanDuel has odds on all the action with games day and night, an easy-to-use app, multiple deposits and fast withdrawals, and always on promotions. Your next chance to win with FanDuel is only minutes away. A couple of the bets I really like this year, UConn to take Maryland down. I think UConn's the, the sexy sleeper team. I think that's a good pick. I also like North Carolina over Wisconsin. It's an 8-9 matchup. It's pretty even, but Roy Williams has never lost his first game in the NCAA tournament. It's a good bet. Take it. And if that's not enough, FanDuel wants to make you a millionaire. Yeah, that's right. You. They're giving away $1 million to one lucky better. And I hope that's me or you. New and existing users get an additional shot at the payout every day you bet the tourney. So if you want a shot at becoming a millionaire or even a thousandaire, download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. Just use the promo code BETTINGACADEMY so they know Big Perk and I sent you. That's FanDuel Sportsbook, promo code BETTINGACADEMY. You guys, we're back. It's the Betting Academy Hoops Edition. I'm Gina Paradiso. That's Drew Crookston from West Coast Gamblers uh, <clears throat> filling in because we're talking so much college hoops. And as you guys know, Perk didn't go to college. So just that's a joke. Uh, Perk's got the week <laughs> off. <laughs> He's got the week off over here. He's got a ton of ESPN stuff on his plate. So he'll be back with us shortly. But I wanted to talk a little NBA just because the games aren't super... Who, no one's going to watch the NBA tonight. Everyone's got college basketball to watch. Also, it's March. It's the dog days of the NBA, kind of load management. Guys aren't like playing or playing well, or they're putting up 50, 40, but no one's playing defense. Let's just talk about a couple of things. Um, Dame put up 50 and 10 last night. Drew, like, do you have Dame anywhere in your MVP futures, like in the conversation? Because I mean, I, we can run through the odds really quickly. LeBron's the favorite at plus 155. Joel's moving a little out of that because he's hurt. Kevin Durant's moved way down because he's hurt. Uh, the, the big fella Jokic is at plus 220. James Harden has moved all the way up to plus 950. Insane. The, the two guys that I think should have, I think it's between a net and LeBron James. The two guys that I think should have honorable mention here, though, Damian Lillard, he's 18 to one odds. I don't think that's, I don't think that's good enough. I think he deserves better odds there. And then I think we're not talking about um, Kyrie Irving enough. He's 130 to one. Uh, listen, I think he didn't play last night and James Harden had a big one. James Harden would be my MVP pick right now, but we don't know what happens when KD comes back. And I just don't think Kyrie's getting enough combo. And I don't think Dame is getting enough combo because I think it's LeBron James and Annette if it's not Dame. What do you think about that? Man, I'll tell you what. Dame Lillard is, I mean, he he might go down as probably the best player that no one talked about enough just because he had the unfortunate uh, opportunity to come into this league with Steph Curry. I mean, he's incredible. And not for one minute do I think Dame Lillard, I don't think Dame Lillard thinks of himself as any player less than Steph Curry. He is so good. He's for incredible. Sure. He so doesn't think he's, he's less of a player than LeBron James or Giannis. Like, no, he's there. I, I mean, he's, you know, the Trailblazers right now, they're, they're six games out of first, but they're only three and a half out of that second seed in the West. So yeah. if Dame puts his team on his back, I could definitely see some value. And I got to tip my cap to you, G. You texted me a couple weeks ago when Harden was 40 to one. You said, hey, that seems like a good bet. I said, well, I mean, it's it's okay. I mean, that's obviously Vegas telling you. The fact that you got under 10 to one right now just yeah. proves the value in that bet that you made. That's fantastic. And listen, I think Harden is all making us look silly for just not only his performance, but his overall attitude, his, yep. his joy level. He really feels like he's got a new life. I'm curious. I'm not sure if you saw, but uh, 
I I I know you're a little. I know you're not. You're not his favorite guy, but Mr. Luka Doncic, he played a little ball last night. He, he did. He played a little ball. He now, did. Forty two points think, against the Clippers. We we can talk all day about them. I just don't think Luka's shit right now is meaningful. Like he's not in the MVP conversation. His he's not. His team's not going to win the West. Blazers are going to finish higher than him. Lakers are going to finish higher than him. Clippers are going to finish higher than him. Utah and Phoenix are going to finish higher than him. Like to me, he's just not worth talking about. I think he's a, an amazing player, but in terms of like betting or in terms of picking this guy to be an elite top five, top ten, I just I don't I don't have much to say about him right now. I I just I just want I guess you answered the question. I just want wanted to get your 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 feel on if we're going to see if that performance is going to jumpstart a tear for Luca. No, I mean he eighteen to one odds to win the regular season MVP right now. That's just not happening. He's got better odds right now than Dame, Kevin Durant. Uh, Jimmy Butler, who's making a, quite the case for himself, and Kyrie Irving. Like Giannis is him and, and Giannis are, are even, and Giannis is now surging in the MVP race at sixteen to one. I would say I think Steph at thirteen to one, and we'll talk about Steph. I hope his tailbone's all right. He's probably like the Warriors just aren't going to finish high enough for it to matter. I don't think a big man's going to take it. Joel's hurt. The Joker. We haven't had a, a big man, a center, a true center uh, as our MVP in twenty one years since Shaq did it in ninety nine two thousand. I don't see it. Luca, like, no, are his odds gonna gonna beat gonna increase because he beat uh, the Clippers at home on the second of a, of a two in a row? They had a, the, a night off in between, and the and the Clippers waxed them in the first game. No, but you know whose odds should jump? Dame after that fifty ten and Kyrie. I know he didn't play last night, but Kyrie's been balling and a lot and and most of the time without Kevin Durant. So I think those two guys we need to see a jump and uptick in their. Uh, I need we need a shortening in their odds. It's, do you think there's do you think there's you know campaigning around the league for LeBron to get another MVP? Well, there should be, and there should be campaigning campaigning in the league for LeBron to get Defensive Player of the Year. He's not even in the conversation. He's not even on the board for odds for Defensive Player of the Year. Lakers are the number one defensive team um, in the league. I think that's and Anthony Davis has been sidelined for how long? The fact that LeBron's not getting any Defensive Player of the Year love, I think, is more astounding to me than will he win MVP? Like he sh- he should win MVP, but he might not have to. I mean, he might he might need to take some time off to win a championship, which is far more important, even though I know an MVP is important to him. I think James Harden is going to win MVP. Hey, you text me a while back, 40 to 1. I hope you have that ticket because that is fantastic. So uh, 40, am, to, uh, 40 to 1 and then 20 to 1, both. Now he's yeah, plus 950, like you said, just under 10 to 1. It's a great, it's a great, great value. Yep. Great value. And I Love think it. it well, and I think at one point, if I'm not mistaken, I could be. I'm think I think I'm thinking of Donovan. I think at one point James could have been like 60 to one. I don't think anyone was talking about it then, but at 40 to one, it started to become a thing. All right, let's talk about Steph. Cause Steph's going to be a Laker next year. And you know, you, you have your own <laughs> thought. I want to hear it. Let's go. Okay. So <laughs> gee, gee, you're my, you're my homie, man. But I mean, in what world, in what world is Steph going to be a Laker? He, this is my thing. He's got the keys to Oakland. He's basically the Northern California King. Now we know California is a huge state. It's basically split into Northern and Southern. Yeah. I don't think Steph, I, I don't think Steph has any really desire to come to the lights of Southern California and play with LeBron James. You know why? He feels LeBron, I think, is obviously an equal. He's a colleague. This is a situation where I can see, and this is why this, no one, this is, you know, no one's ever heard this take before, so you heard it here first on the Betting Academy. I think if there's one, one team that Steph could potentially leave Oakland for, I think you think about a couple of years. He's 33 years old, maybe two or three years, 35, 36. He gets a call from MJ, and he says, hey, Steph, where, where'd you grow up? Charlotte. Where'd your dad play? Charlotte. Where'd you go to school? North Carolina. Hey, you know what? We got... We got LaMelo Ball as one of the best young players in the league. We got Miles Bridges. We got P.J. Washington. We got Gordon Hayward. We are close. The East is close. We're going to get your brother Seth here Seth here coming off the bench. Why don't you come back home, finish your career in Charlotte, and try to win a title in the East to really cement your legacy as the best two-guard besides myself, Michael Jordan, in all of basketball. I think that is the only situation I can see him leaving Golden State. I think Steph has a legitimate chance of starting and ending his career with one team and really be the end of his era. We saw it with Dirk in Dallas. I think now with this, you know, with, with the player empowerment and everything, I think this is, this era is gone. I mean, I I don't think we'll ever see it again where a player starts and ends his career as a superstar in one city. I think Steph has the best chance to do that. I don't think he leaves Golden State. I, I would bet money. He'll never go to LA. He'll never play with LeBron, but I think the one call he would take 
in the twilight of his career. Maybe if you know if he's on the downside of his twilight couple of years, he'll never be on the downside. <laughs> he might not be. He might be the. It'll be he's the. Going, he's Jordan. going out on top. It'll be Michael Jordan calling him from Charlotte, saying, "Hey, Steph, come home. Let's win one in the East." What do you think about that? Yeah, I mean, Steph, the pride and joy of Davidson out there in North Carolina, right? Mid-major, no one drafted him. All this that he's had to overcome, and he's been counted out. He was the only unanimous MVP in the history of the sport. Is he a two guard? Is he a point guard? I think him and Michael Jordan could have that debate. And, and when Michael says, "I'm the greatest two guard ever," Steph could be like, "Well, cool. I'm just the greatest shooting point guard ever," which he is. Here's what I, you you mentioned Oakland. Well, I'm going to make this really easy for, for Steph Curry. He doesn't have to leave Oakland. The Warriors already did that. The Warriors left their beautiful fan base at Oracle, Roracle that Steph built and went over to San Francisco. San Francisco. Uh, yeah. Snooty San Francisco. Uh, and, and, base, and frankly, Steph built the Chase Center there as well. Steph doesn't have to leave Oakland because the Warriors already did that. Steph's not leaving this super loyal, amazing fan base, gritty fan base. He's leaving uh, San Francisco, a home he ha- he 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 hasn't known. Uh, you know, there's been no fans in the stand at Chase. It's not that same connection. I'll say this: it sounds like, look, Steph Curry. Uh, s- s- I'm going to talk about Steve Kerr, but Stephen Curry gave away a few years at the beginning of his career to ankle injuries. I don't want him to give away years at the end of his career because Steve Kerr wants to rebuild and develop players. And I know you, you, you've got Wiseman in there and, and, and you've got some guys that he's trying to develop and give minutes to. And he's playing with Nico Mannion and some of these rotations, Jordan Poole. Like, that's amazing for those guys. And Steve Kerr, I'm never going to second guess or question him as a coach. But Steph, Stephen Curry doesn't need to give away years at the end of his career to do that as well. Steph Curry played with a lot of joy when they beat Utah the other night. Outside of that, including last night when he hurt his tailbone, they beat they beat the shitty Rockets who have lost 18 in a row. Like, oh my God. And, and by the way, I don't think they've covered, oh, they've been blown out by more than 10 in every one of those games. So if you had the spread, if you were taking the points for, for Houston, like Houston has lost by more than 10, 10 points in each of their last 18 games without Christian Wood, I might add. He's back now. Anyway, Steph was not joyful when he, when he in the game where he you know had the sideline rant that everything went viral. It was last Thursday. Clay may never be the same. Draymond Green is n- is not the same. He's going to put up big assists and 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 rebounds and maybe hit some straightaway threes here and there, but he's not scoring and doing the same things he used to do. The difference between Steph Curry and three rings and Steph Curry and f- with four or five five rings is like crazy company. A lot of guys have three rings. The guys who have four, LeBron, Tony Parker, f- four or five. LeBron, Tony Parker, Manu, Shaq, Tim Duncan, Kobe, Derek Fisher, Steve Kerr, Magic, and Rodman. Like you get into a totally different company when you have four or five rings. He's not going to be able to do that with the Warriors. If he goes to LA to team up with LeBron James, he has the best chance of doing that. He's not going to do that with the Hornets either, although it is a nice homecoming story. I just think, Steph, go to the Lakers and find joy. Like give yourself back those years that you missed early on when you had ankle issues. Gee, but let me ask you this though. Do you think that his own teammates, Kevin Durant's experience, would discourage him from doing that because you saw Durant go to Golden State and go, listen, he he was he was open about it. That was never that was never his team. He was probably the best player on that team, but that was always Steph's team. Now you know you you live in Los Angeles. You know that when LeBron came to LA, they weren't rolling out the red carpet for that dude at all. That's a Kobe town forever, forever and always. It'll be a Kobe town. So, I mean, obviously Laker fan base, of course, it's Steph Curry, but would he actually be considered based as soon as he wears the purple and gold? A true Laker, because it took LeBron. It took LeBron winning the bubble, I think, for LA to really adopt him as a Laker. So yeah, but I, LA, I, I, LA are fair weather fans, and it takes them. It takes them a lot to do a lot. Like yeah, that that's okay. It's more important to get a ring than be liked by a new city you're going to. Um, it's more important to finish out your career. Um, you know, on top. Like it, he's got a media conglomerate in unanimous media. Hollywood's the place for him, just like it was for LeBron. Maybe we'll see unanimous and Spring Hill team up or, or an amazing buyout, whatever it is. Like, dude, Steph, 2022, not going to resign with the Warriors and he's going to be a Laker. Zacoli put the odds at first at 100 to one, but after the rant last week, 50 to one. I mean, I would take that bet because I truly believe Steph will come to the Lakers. Hey. I, that's just I, that's I, just a that's I just a bet to the future. Yeah, it's just a, a love, funny fun bet the to the future. Yeah, I love the conviction. Let's end on this. I know you got to get out of here. The Clippers. We talked about the Clippers being the only team in the NBA that who are undefeated. They're seven and zero on the second night of a back to back. Last night against Dallas was not a back to back, guys. There was a game off, a game off a day off in between. 
They were they're seven and zero on the second night of a back to back. Kawhi's played in six of them. They're undefeated, and also we looked it up. They've covered the spread every single one of those seconds of the back to back. That might be a nice trend and a good bet moving forward for the Clippers. I would definitely, I would definitely look at that trend, G, and that's one that you uncovered. And when I looked it up, I couldn't believe not only were they undefeated, but they're also seven zero against the spread, and they actually have. We're gonna have an opportunity to uh, play them next Thursday. Um, not only do they play the second night of the back-to-back, they actually play the same team in the San Antonio Spurs. So next Thursday, uh, the Clippers are going to play the Spurs. They're, the night before, they would have played the Spurs in San Antonio. That's something I have circled yeah. uh, for potentially to lay the Clippers. And then if we're going back on Monday the 29th, they play the the Bucks at home. And then the next, the next night, uh, the lowly Orlando Magic coming to L.A., for the second night of a back-to-back. So good job on you. That's something I'm going to look at in these next couple of weeks. Play Clippers on the second night of a back-to-back. Yeah, they're probably it's probably going to be like a six-and-a-half, seven-point against the Spurs as favorites. Against the Magic, that could be like 10-11 maybe as favorites. So it'll be interesting to see what those lines come out as when we decide if we want to if we want you know, take them against the spread. But we think, I mean, shit, until, until it's, it, it, it's not broke, don't fix it. Like It's like when I go to the roulette table and I see a bunch of like black is hit like six, seven times in a row. Like, do I take red because I think like it's got to be or do I stick with black? I don't know. It's a tough one. I think in this case, I'm going to stick with the Clippers until they lose one of these second of the back-to-backs and I'm going to also take them to cover. Well, I mean, the Clippers might be, they're coasting, they're 26 and 16, they're the four seed. But again, Kawhi and Paul George having really, really good years. Yeah. I mean, they're just cruising. I think this is a team that, we saw him, we saw him lose steam at the end of the bubble last year and blow a three one lead. But I think this is a team that I think is definitely a play on team and come playoff time. I really do. Yep, I love it, man. All right, let's get out of here. You got shit to do. West Coast Gamblers Evergreen Evergreen Podcast Network. You guys relaunched for college football. You got a bunch of dope Italians on the squad on the trio, right? Tell us just where everyone can find the pod. Yeah, anywhere you get your podcast, we are on uh, Spotify, Apple. Uh, Stitcher, wherever you can get your podcast. We are on the Evergreen uh, Podcast Network. I'm Schaefer the Sharp, Tony Squares, and Dangles. Uh, we are covering all things gambling. We got March Madness. Um, we got the Masters. We got horse racing. We'll maybe make, sprinkle on the MLB Futures. We're going to have G on for the NBA playoffs. And then uh, our bread too. and butter. Perk's coming perk, on. Perk. And then our bread and butter uh, come August, we are going to be uh, two times our show is going to be twice a week and we're going to do football Fridays, all NFL history of winning there. That is our bread and butter. We cannot wait until then. Check us out. I love it. And, and, and for Perk and I, we're the betting Academy hoops edition. You can find us on Spotify under the money grab banner. You can find us on Apple podcasts, anywhere you get your podcasts at Gina Parody. So at Kendrick Perkins at betting Academy at West coast gams, GAM, yep. right? Right. Because yep. Twi- yep. Twitter yep. limits how many. Yeah. Check us out, you guys. Thanks for rocking with us on the start of March Madness. It's like Christmas and Hanukkah all in one. So good luck tonight, everyone, with your brackets. And also, hopefully, you're putting some money on some parlays, some props, and some single games, right? Absolutely. March Madness, baby. Here we come. Let's go.